there's a weird shot of her petting a pigeon, and I was like, this is how you get <laughs> It was <diseases."> so 80s! <laughs> and then the next shot is of feathers falling into the resident's room, and I was like, did she eat the pigeon? I'm very confused what happened to these feathers. Five, six, seven, eight. There's no business like show business. Mamma mia, here I go again. This is our first episode post Christmas holidays. Welcome back, welcome back. Yeah. And this is a weird one. This is a weird one. Yeah, so this was chosen because the title was the title silly. silly. <laughs> but we've already gotten ahead of ourselves. Welcome, dear friends, intrepid heroes, new listeners, and old listeners to 5678, a movie musical podcast, the podcast where we review and recap movie musicals. We are your chaotic co hosts. I'm Anna. I'm Grace. And we have an 80s monstrosity today oh. with the made for TV short musical film, I Am a Hotel. Yes. Now, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get right on the record. This is not a musical. This is a glorified no. music video. Yes. This is a 25 minute long music video. With five songs. For multiple songs. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's a short album. With we both video just went accompaniment. silent for a while because we were both just <laughs> so, like, I don't even know how to begin. <laughs> I, very rarely do we have just utter flops on this podcast, but can't say this was my favorite. No, I didn't hate it, but it also wasn't a musical, even though it is no. marked as one. Marketed um, as a musicale. Yeah. Uh, so this is like a 25-minute piece loosely tied together by the idea of a location of a hotel. Dear listeners, are you familiar with Almost Maine? <laughs> <laughs> It is similar to Almost Maine, a series of vignettes, in that it is a series of vignettes, a series of individual music videos pieced together because they all take place in the same location and have an omniscient Leonard Cohen narrator (laughs) who just pops up in every single one. uh, Yeah, so... It was interesting. I didn't hate watching it. Um, it. (laughs) um, Absolutely hated it. Yeah. It was fine. Anyway, um, we should get started. So this was also chosen, one, because it has a wild title, and I wanted to know what it was about. Silly, silly, silly title. Two, it was chosen because I found out that it was only 25 minutes, and so in the (laughs) week between Christmas and New Year in which we had to record, there was no way on earth that I was actually going to be able to watch a two and a half hour musical so this is why it was chosen (laughs) all right so we open with the shot of a hotel exterior and a bell tolls (laughs) i'm gone already it is a busy street exterior hotel street noise chiming of a clock suddenly we see a man 
It is Leonard Cohen. It is Leonard Cohen. He is reclining. Does not look comfortable. Yeah, smoking a cigarette in a hotel room. And he starts singing our opening number. And this, yeah. you know it's in the 80s because of a lot of reasons, but also because <laughs> they could smoke inside. Yes, absolutely. So the first song is called The Guests. And this is sort of an introduction to the cast of characters that we are going to meet throughout this music video. It does what a good opening number does. It introduces us to our setting, our cast of characters, the conflict. And their relationships between each other, honestly. And given the fact that there's no spoken words and it's all this song that doesn't actually have a lot of exposition, it was all just acted. I was like, I understand what's going on. That being said, a good... It established the setting by showing us where we are. And it told us our characters by the fact that there were these like weird- There was a guest book. Yeah, in the way that like Babes in Toyland had a storybook that like flipped through the characters. Very similar conceit where it introduced us. There was nothing in the song that was being sung that told us anything. Anything. Nope, not at all. Which is why it's not a musical. It is a music video. (laughs) So- We meet- our cast of characters. Yes. Take so we start with the manager, who's the hotel manager, and his quote-unquote gypsy wife. Mm-hmm. They have a bit of an argument at the front main desk, and then she runs away from him. Then we have the bellhop, who takes a couple of people up to their room, and he runs into the chambermaid. These are all the characters' names, by the way. The bellhop, the chambermaid, the manager, the gypsy wife. And the bellhop and the chambermaid make eyes at each other. It is lust at first sight. Instant heart eyes. Oh, yeah. And then we get introduced to an older woman. This is the diva. She's dining downstairs alone. And at another table alone is the admiral. Who is an old man. Old man. In like a military naval Admiral outfit. outfit. Um, (laughs) And then we get the young lovers who are a couple, obviously very newly in a relationship or something, I guess. They're our (laughs) B-plot. Yeah, they're not. All of this is B-plot. There is This is a movie of B-plot. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get a little bit of more character interaction. So, like, the bellhop is escorting the young lovers to their room, but he gets distracted by the chambermaid. <laughs> hold on, hold on. This is my only giggle of this film. <laughs> We've already established that the bellhop has heart eyes for the chambermaid. Yeah. He is doing his job. He is paid to do his job. <laughs> he is carrying the luggage of the young lovers. Oh my god, I've and, and yeah. to their hotel room. The chambermaid comes out. She's like finished cleaning their room. She makes eyes with the bellhop. He is so startled and full of love. He puts the suitcases down on the floor and just watches the chambermaid walk off. And there is a moment of the young lovers being like, I get I guess we'll just I'll just I'll carry it into the room myself. <laughs> the opposite oh, of a waiter gross. doing everything but it his job. Truly, truly, truly. Oh, see, oh, I've ruined my gripes and giggles at the moment already. <laughs> that that is my giggle. That's my one giggle. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we also then get introduced to Leonard Cohen, LC, LC, as it were, <laughs> as the resident. And then we also get a few shots of a woman who we are introduced to as Suzanne. He's got like a picture of her in his wallet, which is how you know they're serious. Or used to be. So they -hmm. finish the song. We understand who everyone is. And then we cut to the next song, which is Memories. Memories. 
<laughs> Sorry. Correct. I am off my rocker already. Already. Oh, boy. In the All right. service areas of the hotel, the bellhop sees the chambermaid. And Anna, <laughs> he is so overwhelmed that he rips open his shirt and goes to dance in the laundry room. Hold on. He's wearing his, like old-timey bellhop, like, jacket yeah. and pants, and, red. And hat. He rips it open. There is no shirt There's under no shirt. It. It's just suspenders. <laughs> and a bare chest. <laughs> he dances and is frustrated. There's a weird bit where, like, he and the chambermaid are, like, going back and forth between doors. Ultimately, they end up in the laundry room. They fling sheets everywhere. Yeah, there's a they weird dance. sexual bit with, like, him smelling the laundry, and I'm like, listen, it, bro. Yeah. It's, calm down. It's, they dance their feelings out in this laundry room. It is a lot of limbs everywhere. But they also, like, don't touch for a really long time. Good point. And then it's too much, and they flee the laundry room. You <laughs> see them run, and it's, like, very, very, like, floppy limb. Yeah. Like, almost clowning physicality. And then... <laughs> Somehow Leonard Cohen was in there with them and kind of like skips after them, but he's also maybe a ghost. I don't. I don't know. They they yeah. run up the stairs, stripping as they go. Their clothes off. His hair. His is hair so is long. so Remember long. That? It was fabulous his, hair. I was like, oh, yes, we are in the eighties. <laughs> yes, so long. And they find themselves in a ballroom. Yeah. Now, in like the prelude into this song, we did see in this ballroom, maybe a party or a prom, yeah. maybe it's just a, a set, because that's what music videos are, but there yeah. was a band and there are a bunch of people. Slow dancing. In like formal dresses, slow dancing. But they're off on the side, kind of underneath the platform where the band is playing. Yes. Our bellhop and our chambermaid burst in to this ballroom and they just take up space yeah they're just <laughs> look at all this space all these jumps i can do they dance their hearts out. yeah and this was when i was like oh man i wish they like i thought that this song was supposed to be about like the, the quick lust that you can feel for someone the instant attraction and for that they don't touch a lot and then immediately as soon as i wrote that note they started touching and i was like oh okay oh, all yeah. right <laughs> now clearly these two actor dancers are very talented dancers. Trained like, dancers the bellhop in particular is like very very clearly about so a athletic but there's a lot of this that just seems like dance improv yeah there were some choreographed bits and like look i'm all for for movement and dance improv but i could tell how talented they were and i wanted more, more yeah prowess yeah i wanted them the right to show word. off more i wanted it to be more of a duet i yeah, wanted, I wanted it to fucking be choreography i wanted choreography um this is my moment of joy. So in the middle of this, there is, is a... Is what I think it's going to be? There is a saxophone solo. <laughs> so you just see Leonard Cohen leaning into a microphone, and then up pops a curly-haired 15-year-old boy on a saxophone, just like he's coming he up an elevator from the from bottom of this frame. frame. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> I wrote, oh. I wrote all caps, saxophone, out like, of nowhere. Uh, pops the saxophonist. Oh and boy. Like, it's not just that. The entire oh. band and Leonard Cohen are stone-faced yes. this entire time. So oh funny. Um, all right. And then there's superimposed fireworks over the dancing. <laughs> <laughs> there's, oh. it's the first of several superimposed There's a lot of superimposed effects. This and I was just like, mm, it is the 80s. Yeah. 
I am like out of breath from describing. Oh God, it's so weird. And so they do a big dance. The final move though, I thought was fabulous, which is her laying on the ground. He's balancing on his forearms with his legs, like sort of a scorpion yoga pose, but his forearms are sort of around her head and his legs are up in Mm -hmm. the air and they're making out like that. And I was like, weird flex, but kind of hot. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the song wraps (laughs) up. We fade to Leonard Cohen smoking alone. And then our next scene takes us into, I forgot the character of the manager. So I thought this was just a a conference room of businessmen doing business things. Yeah. But it's, it turns out that there is one, one of these businessmen men is the manager of this hotel that we met at the beginning of this in our quote unquote opening number. He's sitting at his desk. He's kind of sad, but he gets up and he goes to this large conference table and sits with all the other businessmen. He is the leader. They all like stand up before he sits down. Yeah. And then, oop, all of a sudden, this his wife appears. woman in a, we don't know it's his wife yet, but it's this woman, long, brown, crazy, curly hair in, like, a white sheer lace negligee, yeah. appears very much out of place, mm-hmm. gets up on the table, and starts to dance. And we very quickly realize none of the other men can see her, only the manager can. Right. They it, just go about business as usual, do yeah. PowerPoints and statistics. <laughs> but the... The manager is, like, appalled of, like, her behavior, mortified. it. But she makes her way to him and ends up straddling him. And he sort of gets caught up in her sexuality. And they're, like, mm-hmm. about to go to Pound Town. And then he hears someone laugh and he pushes her off of him back onto the table. And the scene has morphed into, like, a bar room. Yeah, like a smoky back room of a bar with, like, card tables and yeah. all the regulars. And now we've switched. Everyone can see her now. Yes. And they are cheering her on as she dances and performs on the table. Leonard Cohen is also there in the background singing with the band. As you do. She's having a great time. Sounds like she looks like she's having a delight. Yeah. Fun fact. This is the choreographer. Yeah. Sorry if that was a fun fact of yours. I had no fun facts for this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she's having a great time. Everyone's cheering her on. At one point she gets on another guy's shoulders and he carries her around. They like, she gets tossed into the arms of someone else, but it's graceful and it's with control. Yeah. It's not weird. It doesn't feel No, no. It feels, what's the word I want? Playful. Playful, but it also felt like she was in control the entire time. Absolutely. She was making the choice of what to do next. But she gets put back on the table and the manager grabs her arms and tries to pull her off. He like violently pulls her towards him. Yeah. And she does not like it. No. And so he realizes that he's making more of a scene than her dancing was and that he releases her. And Mm -hmm. she starts to go towards another guy and at the table and like looks back at the manager it kind of felt like she was like daring him to tell her to stop it's like if you're Mm. my husband stop me i dare you Mm -hmm. but he doesn't because he doesn't want to make a scene so she lets this other guy carry her away and that's the end of the song we didn't i don't know if we said it but like this song was the gypsy wife yeah I don't even remember the lyrics. <laughs> well, it was something about, I don't know where my gypsy wife is or something like that. Yeah. Just yeah. sort of like married a free spirited woman and now she's left you or something sad mm-hmm. music. Or you like tried to control her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The song ends with her being carried away. Then suddenly the same bar cafe back room is empty with Leonard Cohen and a guitar. And the Suzanne lady is there. 
Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that takes us into our next song, which is song four, which is mm-hmm. Chelsea Hotel Number two. two. And, okay, so there was something that they were trying to do here that I felt like would have worked better with better quality TV that they just didn't have. Which is, mm. so it's, we have the young lovers, and the whole conceit of this scene is that they don't really know how to interact with each other, and they're uncomfortable, but they have them in black and white, whereas the room around them is in color, and it flashes in and out of color. And I liked the concept of that, of like these two people who don't know how to express what it is that they want, stuck in black and white, while they try and move into this colorful world around them. It's mm-hmm. a fun concept, poorly executed. And I think it was simply because of the technology. I have a question. Yes. So these young lover scenes cut in and out with some of the diva and the admiral yeah. who are not in the same room. No. And there's a couple bits where there's like a wedding topper on the dresser. Yeah. And it's there one moment and then it's gone. And I was trying to figure out if the young lovers were actually just a memory of the admiral and the diva. Right. Like if they were all the same people. I honestly, at one point, like later in this song, that is absolutely what's being implied. Because at, at one point, what, they are slow dancing, and yeah. it's like it the memory in is shifting them. in between them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if that's what they're going for, it was not executed well at the beginning of this song, right? And maybe that was the intention, but I was just confused. Well, welcome to the entire feeling of the of watching this whole thing. And like when the admiral is sitting in his hotel room, like when we see the admiral and the diva until later, like they are separate. They are not in the same room yeah. as the young lovers are. The admiral is watching TV. And <laughs> Leonard Cohen's on Leonard the TV. Leonard Cohen is just on the TV and it's very, very poorly just like Super cut imposed. and paste. Yeah. So anyway, okay. Anyway. A little bit of detail about this song is that there is a limited capacity of expressing their attraction for each other. The young lovers keep giving each other sort of pining looks, but when the other one can't see, they try to get close to each other, but it's always awkward, and one or the other ends up walking away, and it ends up with both of them sort of across the room in their own world. And at the end of this song, we see the diva and the admiral in two separate rooms, and they both get a knock at their door. And they open the door to see each other across the hall. And we see Suzanne walking down the hallway like she was the one who knocked on their doors to get them to open to see each other. Like Suzanne ding-dong ditched these two old people. She's just like, I'm going to set these fuckers up. Here we go. (laughs) So weird. I get the conceit of like, oh, I'm going to bring them together again. But I just just am imagining (sighs) mystery woman like going up. Standing in between, knocking with each hand and running away. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't, I can't. All right, so um, that song ends. And the final we song We very quickly begins. again see Leonard Cohen's hotel room again. The walls are so busted up in his room. I don't know if that's yeah. implying that, like, he's, he's called forever. the resident, so maybe he's like a, yeah, he's like a long-term resident. Oh my god, did yeah. you hear that? I said long. long. A long-term resident. <laughs> But this is the Suzanne song. Suzanne, who is our mystery love interest, Mm -hmm. looks kind of similar descriptive-wise to the gypsy wife in that, like, she also has, like, long brown curly hair and is... She's a bit ethereal looking. (laughs) She's like, I literally wrote, walks around like a ghost. Yep. And this is also one of Leonard Cohen's most famous songs is Suzanne. Um, A lot of people have covered this song. Okay. I don't, I don't know, I don't know anything. My only dramaturgy is about Leonard Cohen, so. (laughs) Uh, 
since he is since he is both a writer, an actor, and the musician. I was like, here we go, covering all three with one person. And I thought about that after I watched this. I was like, you know, I don't really know that much about Leonard Cohen. Mm-hmm. If Grace is going to teach me anything, it's, <laughs> it's going to be, be about Leonard, Leonard Cohen. Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we get this final song, and it's sort of interspersed shots of the resident alone in his room and Suzanne walking around the hotel sort of seeing all of the couples so the bellhop and the chambermaid are folding laundry together and the manager is alone in his office drinking so he doesn't have his wife and the lovers are dancing and they sort of morph into the diva and the admiral there's a weird shot of her petting a pigeon and I was like this is how you get (laughs) it was so 80s And then the next shot is of feathers falling into the resident's room. And I was like, did she eat the pigeon? I'm very confused what happened to these feathers. But it was played in reverse. Like the feathers were like falling We were like up. floating up. Oh God, it was so weird. Yeah. And then there's shots of him pacing his room alone. And I was like, this feels very much like lockdown. And then she's there and they mm-hmm. chat a bit and then she's gone again. And then that's the end. They reunite in the lobby. Yeah. And then they go upstairs. Yeah. And then we get the exterior of the hotel for credits. And the reprise of the opening song, The Guests. And that's I Am a Hotel. That's I Am a Hotel. I was a hotel. Us explaining this took about as long as so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, by the time we edit it, it will probably be less. So (laughs) incredible. Yeah. How weird. I. How utterly bizarre. I. I, It. It. Sentences. Words, Anna. (laughs) It wasn't a movie musical. No. It was a long form multiple music videos yeah it would be like saying thriller is a movie musical which like no it's not no it's a music video that is heavy on plot or like you know what it reminds me of it's like when a band or an artist release an album and every music video that accompanies a song Mm. like has a singular narrative yeah a concept album yeah i could buy a concept album i can't buy that because there's no fucking concept (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but like it's as close to a concept album as i could it it is not a musical nope. it's not a movie musical and i stand by that statement hot take great all right anna do you need wine yeah god yes i do okay if you are still with us thank you for being here let's dive into some drinks and drama yes. for i am a hotel i realize uh what, grace what year did this come out i just said the 1983 80s. i want to think it is i want to think it is what what is words grace <laughs> i'm doing so well today uh yeah 1983 cool 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 drama report drama report this was directed by alan f Nicholas, who is a Canadian actor, film director, producer, screenwriter, composer, and musician. He does not have a large body of work. He was nominated for his writing on the 1978 film A Wedding for both a BAFTA and a WGA awards. He is probably most well known to the general public for his role in the 1977 movie Slapshot, which was an American sports comedy film, and he played the captain. Sure. Uh, And that's really it that the internet was could find and i could find even less for the cinematographer there is no cinematographer listed for this Mm. film i even looked i was like all right who was the cameraman give like can i tell me anything about the gaffer and no i couldn't find anything other than names i'm starting to think it was just like leonard cohen with like a little video camera camera. yeah like a camcorder (laughs) um so this was written by and music and lyrics by 
and also acted by Leonard Norman Cohen. Okay, hold on. I take umbrage with the fact acted by, no. in that, like, he was much more of, like, an omniscient narrator. Yeah, he's also the only one who spoke the whole time, so. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, he was not what the plot fixated no. on. He just kind of led us from one song into the other, and other people acted. Yeah. So all of my dramaturgy is about him, but also, he's a really famous and important guy, and so I figured, might as well take the time. We've been shitting, shitting on Lona Cohen for just like assholes, minutes. like he isn't like the voice of a generation. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, take okay, it away, cool, take it away. Cool, 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 cool. Redeem ourselves. <laughs> so he... He was a Canadian singer, songwriter, poet, and novelist. His work explored religion, politics, isolation, depression, sexuality, loss, death, and romantic relationships. He was inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame and the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He started as a novelist and a poet, but in 1967, he wasn't getting a lot of success of that, so he moved to the United States to pursue a career as a folk music singer and songwriter. Now, it's interesting, whenever he had first started to sing, I was like, oh, he's giving me, like, Bob Dylan vibes. And then I was like, oh, duh, that was, like, this era of music. Of course he is. Mm -hmm. And so he wrote Suzanne, which wasn't a huge fan of the song, but it became a hit for Judy Collins, who covered a lot of his music in future years, and she was the one who first introduced him to television audiences during one of her shows in 1966, where they performed a duet of his songs. Whenever he first did this performance in front of a television audience, he was really new to the idea of performing in front of people, so he actually forgot the words to Suzanne while singing in front of the audience. And then he like left the stage, but then Judy Collins like brought him back on, and then they ended up singing it together, which is why they ended up doing a lot of duets, was because of this one moment that happened. Cohen has stated that he was duped into giving up the rights for the song, but he ended up being glad it happened, as it would be wrong to write a song that was so well-loved and to get rich for it also. In 1971, film director Robert Altman featured the songs The Stranger's Story, Winter Lady, and Sisters of Mercy in his movie McCabe and Mrs. Miller, and the film is now considered to be a masterpiece, who also noted that the songs are integral to the film, so it would not have been, the movie could not have been what it was without the songs of Leonard Cohen. Now, Leonard Cohen is most well-known for the song Hallelujah, which anyone in my generation knows is in Shrek. From Shrek. <laughs> now, obviously, that is not his version. That version was the cover by John Cale. And of course, most people know the cover by Jeff Buckley. This mm -hmm. It's his most covered song. Everyone has done it. Who amongst us has not listened to the Pentatonix version? <gasps> um, <laughs> oh, Anna, you just did a pearl clutch. <laughs> I didn't mean to gasp that deeply. And yet. All right. A couple of quotes from people talking about Leonard Cohen's influence. Critic Bruce Eder, Eder assessed Cohen's overall career in popular music by asserting that he is one of the most fascinating and enigmatic singer-songwriters of the late 60s, second only to Bob Dylan and maybe Paul Simon. Hmm. He commands the attention of critics and younger musicians more firmly than any other musical figure from the 1960s who continued to work into the 21st century. Bob Dylan was an admirer, describing Cohen as the number one songwriter of their time. He described himself as number zero, which I found to be hilarious. 
when people talk about Leonard, they fail to mention his melodies, which to me, along with his lyrics, are his greatest genius. Even the counterpoint lines, they give a celestial character and melodic lift to his songs. No one else comes close to this in modern music. So that was Bob Dylan speaking about Leonard Cohen. Mm. He also compared him to Irving Berlin. Uh, he says he's very much a descendant of Irving Berlin. Most of them just hear melodies, and that's most all of us can strive for. Both Leonard and Berlin are incredibly crafty. He particularly uses chord progressions that are classical in shape, and he's much more of a savvy musician than you might think. Now, Leonard Cohen died in November 7th, 2016, at the age of 82 at his home in Los Angeles. So that's that's what I got for Leonard Cohen. Listening to his songs, like the songs that were in this, just on their own, the emotional temperament threw me back to, like, Johnny Cash, like, I hurt myself today to see if I still feel. Mm-hmm. Like, it has that sort of, like, mournful, oh, yeah. wistful vibe of just, like, a life passing and moments that are gone. It's it's really, yeah, it's it's heartfelt. I guess my biggest thing is that I couldn't appreciate the songs because I was so distracted by what was happening on the screen. And it'd be yeah. one thing if the plot of the film was taken truly directly from the lyrics, but the lyrics yeah. most frequently had nothing to do with what was happening on screen. So my right, eyes the were characters. doing battle with my ears and my eyes mm-hmm. won. So I feel like I was almost cheated yeah. of these great Leonard Incredible Cohen performances songs. because I was yeah. so confused by what was yeah. happening in front of my eyes. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, I mean, and I'll just do my gripe now. I wish that there was something that tied together all these stories more. So how Suzanne sort of interacted with each of the characters, I wish that it had been the resident that had done that, or like there was something that tied him because he was the one singing about them to each of them. Like if he was truly the long-term resident who watched all of these stories happen, I wish that it had been a little bit more together. Like maybe Leonard Cohen was the one sitting at the business table. Like he was sitting at the business table as opposed to like in the back corner of the bar. Like that was my gripe too. Like he just kept popping up. Yeah. And never felt integrated into the narrative. I skipped reward rewards, reception awards release. There's not much. The film was released on video in 1996 on VHS. Mm -hmm. A DVD version does not exist. And it won a 1984 TV festival award in Switzerland. That's it. Yeah. We kind of talked about singing. It's just Leonard Cohen and sometimes a choir. Yeah. And so he has his tonal quality of writing songs that are perfect for his voice. And I was talking to my mom about this where it was like, you know, same thing with Bob Dylan where it's like they don't have technically fabulous what I would consider Broadway voices but there's something so soulful about the lyrics that they write for themselves and how well it matches with their own timber that Mm -hmm. it's just captivating and mesmerizing even if it isn't like an operatic perfect Broadway voice whatever and so I found myself really captivated by the sound of his voice and also realizing that I don't think I'd ever listened to him sing Hallelujah. Huh. I'd only ever heard covers. A cover, so that's my yeah. homework, y'all, is to listen to Leonard that's, Cohen that's sing Hallelujah. I'm going to piggyback yeah. on that homework. I, I didn't have yeah. any. In terms of dancing, the only real dancing was the bellhop and the chambermaid piece. And the gypsy wife on the table. Oh, and the gypsy wife. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. So as I mentioned before, the gypsy wife was played by mm. Anne, Anne Ditchburn, who yeah. 
choreographed scenes two and three, which were our bellhop and chambermaid, as well as a gypsy wife. And you could tell they had very similar dancing styles. And I stand by our gripe about the dancing with the bellhop and the chambermaid. I wish it had been a little bit less... It was frustrating to know what they were capable of and not see more expression of that. Yeah, it felt like they could have been used better, I guess. Yeah, like there was fantastic choreography. I I wanted more. And there was some really good imagery. There's one moment where like they're in a big window and he like pops up and is holding himself up by his hands and feet looking down at her. And Mm -hmm. that was a fun visual. Oh, see, I hated that because I don't know where that open window came from. And suddenly they were both in the open window. Oh, I didn't know. Was it open? I did not notice that it was. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I didn't like that at all. No, I don't like that at all. Uh, and I, would, I, I was too stressed out by the fact that they were going to fall out the window to appreciate that. I thought scale. it was a closed window, and I was like, "Yes, this is lovely." Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, there's that. You said yeah. your gripe. We have a shared gripe of just like letters going popping up everywhere. But my other yeah. silly, silly gripe is the overlays, the fireworks, <laughs> the fireworks. Like, it was... That pigeon. There were flames at one point. Which is like... Yeah, this... there was a rose on fire. Yeah. Oh, I'm not gonna lie. Like, this came out in 83. It's gonna feel dated. And it felt very yeah. much like, look at this cool trick that we've just figured out really how to do. And I'm sure it was uh-huh. impressive for 83. And my giggle was the bellhop being bad at his job in the beginning. Oh, my giggle was the saxophone is just popping up from the <laughs> bottom of the frame. <laughs> I knew it was going to be. I knew it was going to be. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that's all we got. Uh, It's only 25 minute film. It is available for free on YouTube if you feel like watching it. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) I didn't tell you this. There were two, uh, the first two options when I looked up this. And one of them started with a German lady? Yeah. And I started to watch it because it said higher quality. And then Uh it had German subtitles. And I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I did the exact same thing. (laughs) We were both conned by the caption that said high quality. I was like, you lie. It was actually worse. The other one was better. I didn't watch the German one long enough to really compare. (laughs) I was just very thrown by the German subtitles. Yeah. Um. You had homework, which was to listen to Leonard Cohen's rendition Original of Hallelujah, version of which Hallelujah. I fully- There was no trivia to be found. No. About this Sorry, film. y'all. There's no fun Not- facts. No fun facts, no trivia. Except that the choreographer was also a character. Yeah. That. Um, and uh, he had the idea for the film based on personal experiences. I- that was so oh. helpful. What a oh, good fun this, fact. But it's, it's based on... This is supposed to be the King Edward Hotel in Toronto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is... Literally all we have. That is yeah. the end of my pages. That is all she wrote. Uh-huh. If you're still here, thank you so sure. much. I know we have a bunch of new listeners, and wow, what a journey we just got to take you on. Yeah. If you want to stay in the loop, follow us Probably on social media. Probably should have planned that better for, for having you new know listeners. You know what? They, got, they got Muppets. Insane. They got Muppets Christmas Carol. It's and fine. their next one should be super fun. I'm very excited. Yeah. It's a classic. They're just listening to Babes in Toyland and ignoring Oh boy, us. over and over again. <laughs> All right. If you want to follow us on social media, follow us at 5678, a movie musical podcast on Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagram. 5678 podcast on Twitter. We mm-hmm. have a website now, yeah. which is 5678podcast.com, which is yep. very exciting. We still have an email, which no one has ever emailed us at. No, 5678, a movie musical podcast at gmail.com. 
Follow us on social media for dramaturgical facts about current episodes and sneak peeks of upcoming episodes. Yes. Is that, did I say all the things? I think we said all the things, y'all. All right, cool. I've been Anna. I'm still Grace. And this has been 5678, a movie musical podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye. 5678. There's no business like show business, like no business I know.